Jewish audio on Chabad.org. And I just grabbed extremely random items. Um, where where did you think you were going to? We had no idea, to be honest. I was like, we just got to get in the car. Welcome, everybody. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Stories. I'm Hannah Weisberg, host of this podcast. Today, I have a great guest who's joining me. Her name is Micha Lichi. Thank you so much for joining us. Michla lives in Israel. And, you know, it's been already um, almost two months since the start of the massacre on Simchat Torah, the start of the war. And there's so many different avenues to hardship because of, as a result of the war. Of course, foremost in our minds are the hostages, which as of yet, as the time of that we're doing this interview, have still not been released. Um, there's the soldiers who daily we're hearing terrible tragedies with the death of, of each of, of different ones of them. And another casualty of war is the hundreds of thousands of people who have been displaced from their homes. And Michla is one of them. You know, often we don't think about the people who have been displaced, the families that have been displaced, the families that for the last almost two months have been away from their homes, away from everything that's familiar with them. And I thought it would be interesting to hear from Michla to give face to the tragedy, to give face to an individual whose life has been upturned as a result of what's been happening in her life. Michla, thank you for joining us. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, it's really, it's really cool to like, kind of like get out of my little bubble that we're in here now and uh, interact with the real world, the big outside world. It's, it's amazing that you're able to have the headspace and that you agreed to do this. And, you know, even just the technical setup I know was like a whole hassle. (laughs) (laughs) We just spent like a while just doing the technical setup because you're not home, you know, you're not home, you're not in your normal familiar surroundings, and it gives you a taste of what you're missing. So tell us a little about your story. What what happened? Where's your family now? Where are you from? Where's your home? Um, so we're from a little moshav called Shuva. It's a really, really s- relatively small moshav. It's um, across the highway from Kibbutz Alumim and Saad, which I'm sure you've read about in the news. And it's about a 5, 10, 15 minute drive from Be'eri and Faraza and Nirim and um, those kibbutzim that were affected on a really big level. Um, so that's where our home is. And our Moshav Baruch Hashem, like thank God, was saved um, by crazy miracles. Uh, actually, they found afterwards um, terrorists that helicopters from the army took out in the fields. Wow. basically directly behind our house. Right behind um, your So you're basically five minutes from where all the massacres took took place, yeah. like a five-minute yeah. drive from there? Yeah, five-minute yes. drive. Um, and about a kilometer to f- like two kilometers away from it. Wow. And miraculously, your Moshev was spared. Yeah. Um, really like huge miracles, um, specifically because we don't, we don't have um, security around our Moshev. And um, on Shabbos, on Shabbat morning, when they heard what was going on, like we had a lot of uh, red alerts, which we're used to having um, rockets come. And then we have these red alerts and then we go into our safe room. Um, so we heard a couple and then it, 
it was not just a couple. It was like bombarding of sirens, which was not so normal. Um, we actually didn't know what was going on on the day of, but different people in the community kind of figured out what was going, like something was wrong, turned on their phones and they got like a security system set up. But even just on our Moshav alone, they only had a few, like a handful of guns available to wow. use. So if God forbid anything, um, any infiltration actually came to be, we would have not been spared. It would have not been, there wouldn't be a fight. There was no ammunition, nothing. So um, Baruch Hashem. And we also like, we're relatively new to the Moshav. We moved just about a year ago. Like we didn't celebrate the year. Uh, where, where did you move home. from? You moved from America? You have uh, no, no. <laughs> we, we made Aliyah actually nine years ago. Um, oh, wow. Exactly okay. nine years ago to Beersheba. Uh -huh. We lived in Beersheba for eight years. Um, so also in Beersheba, there's sirens every couple months or year. Like there's sirens, but not heavily. Um, right. And then a year ago, we moved to Shuva. And so we had once like round of sirens where we lived there, but we're not super like, we don't know what exactly what goes on. We didn't know how strange it was, what was going on. Um, but as the day progressed, we figured out something much bigger was going on because we saw soldiers come in and they're like, stay in your houses. Um, don't come out, lock your door, hold the door shut. Like just don't, oh, wow. don't come out. Right. Um, and the air outside, you know, in the, like, in the beginning of the day, we like peeked outside. We're like, oh, we saw a lot of smoke. And my husband's mm. like, oh, it's Gaza on fire. And I was like, mm, I don't know. It seems really close. Oh, um, Yeah. So, so and what, then, was, like, what was that fire? That was the houses in Bayri, like all the kibbutz in Bayri. So um, close. Or Aza. Yeah. It you was were that feeling close. That. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Um, so we didn't leave on Shabbat. We when left. you when you say we who who are you talking about you there's you and um, your husband and and five smallish kids my oldest is eleven and my youngest is one wow um so we spent the day in the mamad basically which is our safe room um we would run out to like get some food and get more games um but we spent the day mostly there um. And that was, and we didn't turn on our phones. And that was like something different than all of our Israeli friends all turned on their phones because they knew this was like something bad was happening. Mm -hmm. um, we don't have neighbors super close by, so we didn't talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. um, and then as like um, when we made Havdalah, uh, once Shabbat was out, we turned on our phones and saw what was actually going on. And it was still an active um it was still a huge active threat uh, in our area. Because um, there was all still ter terrorists around. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, they also, like, we have a head of security that said everyone could do, like, what they think they is right for them. But I don't recommend leaving now um, because we don't know what's on the roads. Mm. And so we didn't leave. We didn't want to leave during the night. Uh, most people didn't leave at night because no one knew what the roads looked like. Um, although we did know it was complicated. Mm -hmm. um, we had, they set up during the day on Shabbat, they set up a field hospital at the entrance to Armoshav, to Shuva, um, with some army, some Mada, like some uh, like first aid rescue, like ambulances kind of, not mm -hmm. a lot of staff. And then we have 
two doctors and a nurse that live on the Moshav that were helping run it and take care of um, wounded. They were basically bringing all the people that they can from the kibbutzim that were massacred. Um, any survivors, they were bringing Tar Moshav to do triage and then taking people where they needed to go. Um, so people, we kind of got a clue of what was going on. Um, and we knew we had to go. We just couldn't leave at night. At night. Sure. Um, things are scary in the dark. Of course. Yeah. (laughs) So we decided we're gonna kind of grab some things together and leave as soon as the sun comes up, basically. Um, so for us, that meant like, first of all, we were still supposed to be in our mamad because there were still active threats of terrorists. Like there was no way, no one told us, no one could say with confidence that everyone was caught and um, taken care of. So, so you stayed in your, your safe room the, the whole um, night, all of you. Well, I didn't because I <laughs> didn't do laundry all of, um, from all the of beginning of Sukkot. Sukkot, right, right. So I kind of ran out in between to like throw in a load of laundry, switch it, go back. Um, and I tried to like clear up a little bit. And then in the morning, I threw our two loads of laundry, whatever, whatever made it. And I just grabbed extremely random items. Um, where where did you think you were going to? We had no idea, to be honest. I was like, we just got to get in the car. We got to get past Nativot, which is like a nearby city that was like past most of what was going on. Um, we were in touch with other families from our, we're part of a community. We're like one of two Chabad families that live on the Moshav, but we're part of a community that's um, where you like similar minded people um, that value like education and ecological stuff. Um, really cool people. So we're about 60 families. So all mm. those families were kind of like trying to find where to go. Mm. Um, so we're like, let's just get in the car and we're going to go. Most people said, let's head towards a lot. It seems safe in the a lot region. And then we'll figure it out. It's about a two, three hour drive. We'll have time to figure it out. That's what we're going to do. Um, so we did that. And in the meantime, my all my family is in this, like my family and my husband's family, they're all in the States. Um, so some of them were like reaching out because they heard from someone in Shul to make sure we're okay. So we were kind of like keeping up with everybody. Um, but we could like, we're like, we're safe for now. But like until we left our home, we couldn't, we didn't know how safe we would be forever, you know? Right. Sure. How um, what would be even. Right. Right. We had no idea. So what what did like when you're grabbing things to leave, what did you grab? What did you take? Like, I can't even imagine. um, You're just, you don't know how long it's going to be, right? You're just going around your house and just grabbing whatever you can get a hold of. Yeah. I I mean, this is your house. Right. Which was impressive. I thought that was impressive. (laughs) Very. Um, Yes. Yeah. A friend of mine actually said, I was messaging with her and she's like, take all your passports. And Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, Mm. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have thought of that. So I grabbed right. passports. Um, I grabbed books for the kids and like some coloring stuff and some sheets and blankets because I didn't know where we were going. So I kind of just like shoved things. Um, I shoved some food in a bag, but also I don't re- even rem- I don't remember a lot of this. I kind of sure. just like 
it wasn't intentional. I'm generally like a very intentional person. Like mm. I choose, like I'm pretty minimalistic. We don't have a lot of things in our house and I'm like, I'll choose the things. Um, so it was really random. And also wow. we didn't know where we were going. So like I grabbed exactly. a pan. I'm like, maybe we'll have a way to cook, but also maybe not like. Right. Right. Um, also and like, this- I, Yeah. This is what it's like to be displaced. You have like nothing, right? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, So that's what we left with. And then on our way down, we were in touch with some other families and some families found like a place to go. Um, That was one place. And we decided we're going to go to a place called Timna, Park Timna. It's right outside a lot. It's in this like beautiful mountainous region. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. Um, but also they're like, come to Park Timna, just put it in ways and come. So we did because we're like, okay, <laughs> right. now it's safe. We had no right. idea. Um, we got there. Uh, we ended up being 10 families there. And we were in a tent with like uh, air condition. It was glamping. It was really nice. It was like, um, so it's like camping out in a in a tent outdoors. In this yeah, mountainous with, area. With with AC, which was nice. With AC, okay. Um, but like the bathrooms were outside of the mm. tent and the showers were all in stalls. And um, we got there very like displaced, extremely displaced. And uh, one of the families we were with has friends in a lot. So they were in touch with them and we're like, we're coming. We have 10 families and the night we came, they showed up with so much stuff, like things. I was like, how do you even think? Like, what do you bring to displaced families? How do you know what right. to bring? But they brought like everything, um, like hy- hygiene products and all kinds of like food, mm. like shelf stable food stuff and clothing. Because like not everyone left with clothes. Sure. Um, we have we have friends that just got in a car and left with nothing. Right. Right. Um, so we were there for a week. So who, then, who were these? Who were these people who brought these these all these these things for you? Just Jews. I don't know. I have no idea wow. who they were. It wasn't. That's the that's the craziest part of this whole, like looking backwards of our whole experience for the past few weeks. Um, it's all. It's just Am Yisrael. It's just the nation of our fellow Jews. It's not, you know, you know, like there's organizations who do really cool things. Um, there's like this organization for this and this organ. This was not through any organization. It was just like grassroots. People got up and just started doing things wow. in wow. crazy ways. Like in the week we were there, um, some families found out that one of the girls that we were with was like one of the daughters of my friends. She was supposed to have a bat mitzvah that week. Like one of the days she was supposed to have a bat mitzvah and they were like, the family was just like, okay, so there won't be a bat mitzvah. Like, right. We'll do it a different date. Right. I don't know. What could you do? They were like, right. right. Sure. Um, and some families from a lot found out and they came and they made this party. Like I've, ne- they brought a makeup artist and a hairstylist oh, wow. and DJ and cake and food and everything. Unreal. It was so beautiful and it was so beautiful because it was just people who were like, we want to help our fellow Jews. We're your brothers and sisters. We just are. We feel like we're brothers and sisters. Wow. And we're going to treat you that way. Incredible. Wow. Um, 
And that's followed us through for the past, I think, six weeks that we've been going through this. Um, so, so, so what happened from there? Where did you go from there? So you stayed there so for a week. And, and then, then after the did, week, um, some of us were like, I think we need some like bathrooms in our rooms. Like right. this might be a while. It's fun for a week. But like also the people running the, it's like a camping site. They were really, really nice. Like when we first got there, like when we came, they were like, you guys could stay here for free. No problem. Like, mm -hmm. because the government, the government evacuated, certain kibbutzim were evacuated. Like they were put on a bus by the army and brought mm -hmm. to hotels, like in a, in a specific way. But because we were like outside of that, um, we were told to leave, but also left to leave on our own. Mm -hmm. Meaning like, kind of like you guys got to figure it out. Um, so in the end, the government is paying for us to be rehomed all these weeks. But the first week we were there, the people at this park had no idea. Like no one knew what was going to be. Was no one knew be. what the government would. And they said, come stay with us. We'll take care of you for, for free. Mm. Wow. Which is crazy. Wow. Like, yeah. and also that's followed us through this whole past few weeks is that people from all different kinds of um jobs I, have been offering their services for free we've had like massage therapists and reflexologists and therapists and psychotherapists and like literally the whole range people mm. coming in all kinds of social workers they're like we're here to help you wow. um and i was like what this is what world do we live in all of a sudden everyone's like we're working for free Incredible. Um, and they, these are amazing. people who are also affected by the war in their own way, in their Correct. own communities, with their own families, but they're right. worried about helping another person. That's really so beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. So so where are you now? So you <laughs> left a lot. And where did you go? Um, so we left because we wanted to be, we were just 10 families together. So we wanted to be more, as we understood that this war was going to take a little longer than the week that we thought originally mm -hmm. right um we're like let's be more like the community should be more together um it will be better for the kids because the kids are going through this whole trauma as well of course um so we found a place not me somebody who was able to think at the point <laughs> at that moment um found a place it's called kibbutz almog um and it has like a in Hebrew it's called a kfarnofesh, which is like not a hotel, but like little like cabins, I guess, mm. but very mm -hmm. miniature um cabins. And then they have like a room that usually is a workspace that we've turned into a shul and mm. a room that we turned into a play playroom that used to be like a yoga room. Um mm. but it's the reason why we came here was because it's um, very much like outdoors, like the kids and people could be outdoors and it's really nice and mm -hmm. there's space to run around. Um, so we came here after the first week and we've been here for, I guess, five weeks. Wow. It's a long time. It's a long time. So yeah. can you, can you describe your situation, your circumstances there? What, what are you, what are you living in? Um, so there are, for vacation purposes, it's really nice. It's a nice place to come vacation. Um, but for instance, like our family and most most families we're with are large-ish families. Like we're we have five kids. Um, mm -hmm. 
people have like around that age average, let's say some have eight, some have seven, like it's large-ish families. So a lot of us are split in between two rooms. Um, some of the rooms are near each other. Some aren't, some of the rooms are smaller. Some aren't like it's, um, so we're kind of like trying to make our lives in these hotel, I guess you would call them suites Mm -hmm. in America. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not like, there's no bedrooms. It's just a room with beds and like a desk and a shelf. Um, so, and there's a cafeteria, like we eat in the cafeteria. Some, there's, so, so there's no kitchen. There's no kitchen that you have there. There's no kitchen. Okay. Um, so, so how are you, who's providing w- you with food? So they have this cafeteria that cooks food. Um, it's not good. Uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> uh, even it's, it's hard. Cause also it's on a schedule. So like breakfast is at eight 30 and, and lunch is at one fifteen, and dinner is at six fifteen. Um, so especially when you have little kids and young kids, everyone's on a different schedule. It's everyone's on to, a different schedule, and everyone feeds their family in different ways. Um, sure. So it's kind of hard to like find our independence, right? While being super dependent on a lot of different um, people and things. So like in the few weeks we've been here, um, some people have organized these really awesome donations. One of them has been uh, closets, like these plastic closets with doors that could be outside mm-hmm. or inside with like shelves. So we could just like put stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also like regular ish size fridges. So they are these like mini bars in the rooms. Um, which so you like, can have um, something, something there, yeah, small so, stuff. Yeah. But now we have these like regular size, each family has a regular size fridge. So mm-hmm. now like we could go to the store, we could buy our like fresh produce that we want. We can, um, and also they donated a electric burner like to cook food mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So we can start kind of like, like finding our own independence in our family life more or less. Mm-hmm. Um, at the same time, it's kind of like some things that are like really hard are my kid. It's really fun for my kids. Like it's awesome. It, they're in camp all day. Um, it's also really hard to kind of like make our, in our house, like when we have our real lives, I can say things like it's our, in our house, we have our rules and then your friends do whatever they do. Mm-hmm. Um, here it's much harder to differentiate because they're with their friends all the time right. and they don't have a space to call their house. Like come play in our living room. Also there's kids sleeping while you're playing. Like it's, mm-hmm. we don't have a living room to play mm-hmm. in, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's harder to like have that independence. Um, even though it's like really great. Um, my kids, some of my kids started school recently, which is also like, it's wild to see what Am Yisrael, like what the Jewish nation is doing for our fellow brothers and sisters. Um, the school nearby, we're near a Yishuv a settlement called Mitzbe Yericho. And the school there said, come bring your kids. Like, we'll accept them. We'll organize it. Some, they got, they figured out how to get donations of like, so everyone could have their own chairs and tables to sit at. So they don't feel like guests. They Hmm. made sure to get, make sure everyone had backpacks and, and pencil cases and everything. Um, Incredible. It's wild, which is amazing. 
Incredible. Um, so yeah. are you are your children in school there? So two of my kids go to school. Um, my older boy, who's 11, um, they kind of made a schedule. There's a lot of teachers in our community. So they built a schedule for like that age. They go on like hikes a lot and they do outdoor learning. Mm -hmm. um, they have different workshops. In the beginning, I'll tell you, this is another thing that's like really awesome, but also hard. Um, in the beginning, there were all these different people and organizations offering all these like activities. We'll come and do a show like this and we'll do a concert and we'll do this and all these kinds of stuff. And in the beginning, it was awesome. And we're like, wow, thank you. This is so cool. Um, but eventually we're like, our kids are on summer vacation, basically since summer vacation, since, right. sure. since July. Right. Um, they, they were need in some kind of schedule. Sure. Yeah. Um, so like now everything is kind of like settling into somewhat of a schedule. Like people have like, they wake up in the morning, there's that either they go to school or there's like a hike and then davening and breakfast and learning. So everyone's getting into the swing of things, um, which is really cool. Right. But that must be a big chain. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Um, there's like small things that like my daughter one of my daughters, when she wakes up, she's like, okay, like she's ready to be on. She's ready to play. So she goes literally like from her bed, she's like in the playroom where like all the toys and books and all that kind of stuff are. And she's like socializing mm -hmm. from the moment she opens her eyes right. till the moment she closes her eyes. Wow. And then it's kind of exhausting. Sure. Like it catches up on all of us. Like it definitely... <laughs> Right. It's hard for us adults also to find our own like quiet space, like when we're around people all the time. Um, of course. So like of it's hard to like find our own space in so the fun jump. So how how do you deal with that? How are you dealing with that? Um I mean it sounds like a very challenging situation after I mean a nice situation to be in for a few days, maybe a week. Right. But right. you're already in there for you know, six yeah. plus. So how, how is that working? Like, what do you do? How do you? How do you um, personally, I started, there's a, we, so we also started a gun, like for ages three to five, three to six here. And then also a toddler group. There's a lot of kids. We're 250 people. And I wow. think a hundred and fifth, more than 150 are kids. Like wow. we're, Wow, that's a lot. Majority of children. It's sure. a lot of children. Baruch Hashem. Right. <laughs> um, but it also means we got to figure out child care because let's say um, my husband has been working since the day the war started still. Um, he works for a company as a salaried employee. So he's still working. Um, how is, how is, he has to travel there? He works from home? No, no, he works from home. Okay. Um, which is good. Like he works remotely? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Usually in regular life, he travels to the office twice a week to Herzliya, which is in the center. It's far, but like twice a week, it's okay. Um, but now they're like, it's fine. Everyone could just work from home. Um, but there are many people that, first of all, a lot of men are in Miluim now, which is reserve duty, which means right. they're gone. And the women are on their own with the kids. Um, and then even if they're not, like a lot of people are self-employed. So, or... Like they don't have, if they don't work, they don't get paid kind of thing. So mm -hmm. if they don't have child care 
they don't have work. They can't work. Like, right. Sure. Um, so we're working really hard to start to make sure like childcare is covered. So I helped start the like toddler group mm-hmm. of childcare and I, and I work there um, three days a week now, mm-hmm. like all morning. Um, and somebody asked me, they're like, isn't it hard for you? Like you have like, you're here, five kids and like keeping up. Regular housekeeping is hard. It's a challenge. Like everyone figures out, but eventually like I, I've been married for, 12 years now and I figured out like how to run my house but now everything is different so like it's all upside you, down yeah everything's upside down so it's hard to like figure that out so um a friend of mine asked isn't that a challenge like be going three times a week for f- like four or five hours to be working with the toddlers instead of like taking care of stuff you need to and I was like I need to be busy and do things like this. Like that's very specific jobs that like all I'm doing right now is taking care of a bunch of small kids, um, right. but not, not my right. own. Like, right. It's a sure. um, and that gives me like, like sanity and it's away from the people the meaning away. Um, right. It's not my own kind of thing, like with other people, but they're from outside uh, right. our community. So that's nice. Um, but it's so hard. Where, it's a challenge. Where, where is that taking place in your, in your place and where you are? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's a room where, and there's a place that you can be yeah. doing that. Wow. Yeah. Which is and also I, like every part of what I'm saying, like there's like people just giving, um, for no reason, except that we're brothers and sisters, like the kibbutz that we're on. So this part is technically a hotel that we're staying at, like the rooms. Um, but the place, the building that they have for the toddler group is in the kibbutz and the kibbutz it's uh it's called in hebrew moadon nor which is like a teen hangout room i guess like Mm -hmm. it's a place for after school activities for the teenagers um so they give that they gave that to us for the mornings um for the toddler room which is really Mm -hmm. like in hebrew you say like it's not understood like they don't have to. It's not. Mm-hmm. It's not theirs. They don't have to take care of us. It's not their job. Um, they're just like we want to help you. We want to like make you guys as comfortable as possible, um, even without our homes. You know. Incredible, really yeah. incredible. Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's yeah. I guess that's the light that's coming out of it all, you know, the light yeah. at, at the end of the tunnel that you're seeing just the, the goodness of, of, of Am Yisrael, the goodness of the Jewish people, people just coming yeah. out and just doing whatever they can. It's really incredible. Yeah. Do it you really, Baruch Hashem, yeah. Wow. Do you have any idea how long you're going to be there? Um, we don't. Uh, I'm going to stay as unpolitical as possible. There's, they're talking about uh, sending us all back in two weeks, like by the end of November. Sending you back to your home? Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, I went, but I drove, we drove, I drove back last week to my home. Technically, it's called, uh, in Hebrew, Shetach Tzvai Sagul. So it's closed army property. Um, they let people who live there in. So some people are there. Um, I wanted to go and clean my house out and just check in on my house. 
Probably get rid um, of some some of the food from <laughs> from the Simcha Torah. I mean, you left in such a rush. Yeah, I could just bad. imagine a fridge, a freezer yeah. full of stuff. Wow. Probably on the table so, even, like rushing. Um, yeah, I think I cleaned the table, but nothing okay. more. <laughs> right. um, but the, we actually told the head of security that our house is empty and any soldiers who need to like crash there, they're welcome to. Oh, wow. So I went to my house and I saw that there are definitely soldiers crashing there so i videoed it on instagram and i didn't like i wasn't watching i didn't watch it yet and i posted it and then my sister messages me she's like michla you knocked on your door your own house door you knocked before you went in i was like oh yes i did okay <laughs> wow so yeah. so why are there soldiers there why are soldiers in um, your home right now because they need a place i mean they could sleep like intense outside, but um, they're all based really close. We're very close to the border. Um, the border. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of like in the waiting. They're not in Gaza, but anyone who's like might need to get sent in tomorrow or tonight, they're kind of waiting around. Mm. Um, and the army doesn't have like, I guess they would set up tents somewhere, but if they mm -hmm. don't have to sleep in tents, they're like, we'll crash here. So those soldiers actually cleaned my house. Oh. They cleaned <laughs> my kitchen and they cleaned my fridge. Amazing. And they're like, we, we dumped the food and washed your containers. We hope it's okay. I was like, oh my gosh, thank you. Thank wow. you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Wow. So that wow. was really cool. Um, I mean, it's striking me. You know, you're talking about how people are opening their homes to you and people are just giving to you because you're brothers and sisters and you're so much on the receiving end of the help that others are giving. But on the other hand, you're also now on such a giving end. I mean, you're doing the same thing with your home, opening it up yeah. to whoever needs it, to the soldiers. And yeah. I mean, you have, you have strangers, strangers, quote unquote, in your home, <laughs> you know, that you um, have no idea who they are, what they are, but your home is just open to them. So that's, yeah. that's quite incredible. Um, yeah. I, I really like, I didn't think about it so much before, but um, a lot of this, this is really like this whole uh, experience is really hard for me because I'm not someone who is on the receiving end of stuff. Usually I'm mm -hmm. the person who's like organizing and <clears throat> making events and like doing all this stuff. And I've been frozen basically this entire six weeks, sure. um, kind of like just with my family and like, are, what's tomorrow going to look like? Are we going to be okay? Like, Wow. It's real survival mode. Um, right. And the first couple of weeks, I felt really bad about it. Like, how could I just be taking and taking and taking from people and like not giving? And I feel like not good. Um, and a friend of mine from our community here, she, I was walking around the first week like dazed and like just crying randomly in public, which I don't do. Like, I don't cry. Of course. Sure. Um, she's like, Oh my gosh, are you okay? I was like, no. And because it's, we live in a time of war. It's like, I'm like, no, nothing bad happened. Like, it's not like I lost somebody. It's not, you know, um, it's just really hard for me to be in this position. And she's like, this is when you just have to like, listen to Hashem. Hashem is telling you now it's your turn. Now it's your turn. Mm -hmm. Your job, your mitzvah right now is to accept mm -hmm. people love giving. And you're making people happy by taking from them, by accepting from them. And Hashem's not giving you a choice in this. So wow. accept it and kind of 
go with it. And that's a beautiful thought. Yeah. And I took that and I was like, okay. And I kind of just like kept going with it. And then once like we offered our house to these soldiers and I didn't think about it much. And then when I walked in and I saw them, I was like, okay, Hashem gave me a little way to give back. Thank you. Hashem. Wow. wow. Um, like, wow. you know, and it felt good. It feels like, um, but I'll say this, that uh, we have a big picture of the Rebbe hanging in our living room. And the soldiers were just sleeping in our living room. Um, they didn't go into our bedrooms because they're like, we'll be respectful. Um, so when I went in, I cleaned all the bedrooms and I made it normal. And I was like, please, guys, like, please sleep in the beds that we have and not like on your mattresses on the floor here. And one soldier is like, no, but I love sleeping. The Rebbe is watching over me. I feel safe. I'm going to stay here. Wow. Wow. Um, yeah. So that was really cool. Um yeah. Wow. Incredible. It's, yeah. it's, you're really giving us a feel of what it's like, um, you know, to, to live in that kind of situation that you, which is so out of your control, but yet you are just accepting it. Can you, yeah. can you share with us any heartwarming story or message or thought that you'd like to leave us with? Um, I think it's mostly that like, I really feel, um, before the war, the political uh, stuff in Israel were pretty heavy and it, it felt um, like not good. Like, like we were in this like big, huge family feud that people weren't mm -hmm. talking to each other anymore. And people were really fighting like in a, in a really scary, heavy way. Right. And during this whole war experience, everywhere I look, Mamash, everywhere I look, um, I just see that Hashem is helping us remember we're just brothers and sisters. At the end of the day, we're brothers and sisters. We love each other. We can't not. Like, we're here for each other. And when we have this achdus, that's when, like, Hashem will be with us. Mm -hmm. And we have it. And it's, it's, this is, this is what's coming out from all this is that, like, literally everywhere you look, you just see people helping each other in ways that don't make any sense, like at all. Um, even in like small ways when, when we go shop, I don't know how my kids are going to come back from this kind of stuff, but like when we go shopping or we go out to eat, um, we ask if there's a discount for people from Otefaza, which is where we're from. And mm -hmm. almost every time there's a discount. Um, and so my kids are like, I, I told them, I was like, you know, we're going to have to stop doing this eventually. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> um, but there's something like on one, I kind of wanted to like stop asking because I don't feel good about this kind of stuff. Um, on the other hand, it's a really good lesson for my kids right. that everyone, everyone cares about them. Hmm. And like we have all our like family and friends and like extended family and friends from America. They're always like, what can we do to help? How can we help? And like, Tons of money has been fundraised and tons of donations have been coming in in ways that like don't make sense. They don't make sense in a regular like natural world. Mm -hmm. it, nothing logically makes sense. And and we're all just coming together in this like unity, this like that is huge. And Absolutely. I'm like, okay, it's going to be okay. Like it will be complicated. 
there will be like a we're going to have to figure out how to how to move on from this. Right. Um, like the like the government wants to move us back in two weeks. And I'm like, I'm not sure I'm comfortable bringing my kids like I was driving home and I my drive home was towards this big, huge black cloud of smoke. That was the drive. I was mm-hmm. like, I'm that's what I'm trying to get to the black mm-hmm. cloud of smoke, mm-hmm. which is Gaza now. Sure. And the whole time there's the ground is shaking from booms and a lot of bombing going on. So it's not necessarily dangerous to live, but like it's not necessarily comfortable. Sure. Um, sure. But it's Dramatic. also, I think, yeah, I think a part of it is also like, I think Hashem is kind of like, okay, like what is comfortable? Maybe mm. we're supposed to be a little uncomfortable now. Mm. Like we're ready for the Geula. It's coming. Um, and it's going to be good. Wow. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Michla, thank you so much for joining us. And thank you, uh, for, thank you for having me. I know your life is in shambles all around you, but you're giving such a clear, coherent message. Uh, and, and, and uh, you know, and the fact that you're just able to sit there and tune into this and, and be present is just yeah. incredible. So thank you so much for joining us. And thank you for your beautiful words that you're sharing with us. Um, one last thought to the people here in America, what would you say? I mean, we want to be your brothers and sisters too. We want to give too. What should, what would we, what, what should we be doing? Um, so firstly to heal him, like davening, praying, any kind of like, that's huge. Um, for sure. In the beginning, when people were asking me like, what could you do? I was like, pray, like I, there's, there's no logical way out of this crazy life. Um, Hashem has to help us. Um, but the other thing is really to, to remember that we're brothers and sisters. Like I think in the beginning, um, it was very obvious, like there was this massacre and like hostages were taking and now like everyone keeps talking, like there's still the hostages and it's complicated what's going on now. Um, but I do feel like it's like a little bit, uh, I'll tell you what. Uh, around Log Bomer time, I went to the States to visit my family. And it was when there was rockets um, near our house. There were sirens. And so my husband was home with most of our kids. And it was really frightening for me. I I never leave. I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't leave my kids. I'm like, and I was gone. And it was him with the kids. And it was kind of like, it was really terrifying. But I also, it didn't make sense to go back. Whatever. Um, and I was in the States in like talking to Jews. I was mostly talking to Jews. I come from a, like, that's who I was talking to. And so many people didn't know what was going on. I was like, how could you not know there's sirens, there's rockets falling down. And now I think nobody doesn't know, like everyone feels it. Um, but as the war kind of progresses, and I think it's going to be a long time. That's the weather that's forecast here. Uh-huh. <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, I think it's so important to hold on to that feeling that that we all had in the beginning of the war, that like we're brothers and sisters. Everything that we're going through in Eretz Israel and Israel, Jews in America are also going through. Like mm-hmm. it's the same thing. We're going through the same thing because we're the same people. We're brothers mm-hmm. and sisters and like don't let go of that. So I think each individual person with how they connect to that um, can do it either, either by praying and for people who, like who don't connect to it, 
you could donate money. People are coming to volunteer, mm. um, which is really cool. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So like any way that each person or each community even like could connect, like keep up that connection that like we're really brothers and sisters and we can't forget it. Like this is it. This is the real deal, you know? Right. Beautiful. Uh, beautiful. Yeah. Amazing. Thank you again, Michla. Thank you for joining us and thank you for your inspiring words and good luck to you. Good luck when you move back or however, whatever yeah. the road ahead, wherever it takes you for you and your, and your children and your family. I hope it will lead to only good things. Amen. Okay. Awesome. Cool. Thank you. Okay. This was thank amazing. You. Thank you. Wow, that was an incredible uh, perspective that Michla shared. You know, when I was first looking to interview somebody who was from a displaced community in Israel who were now displaced with their family, it was hard to find somebody because when you're not in your regular natural setting, it's hard to go out there and to speak and give a message and to share yourself with the world. But Michla graciously ag agreed to be a part of this, this interview and her message is as clear as ever. It's time, this this whole incident, that if there's a silver lining, it's that the Jewish people are one. The graciousness that has come out from all of us feeling like sisters and brothers and so together in this whole ordeal. And how even when we are on the taking end, when we're receiving, we can still be givers. It was like interesting how Michla, who felt like she was just taking, had this opportunity to open her home to soldiers. And here she was, finally able to be that giver as well. So throughout various times in our lives, we sometimes need to be the givers and sometimes we need, we can be, the, sometimes we need to be the receivers and often we are the givers, but in whatever station in life we are at, the important thing to remember is this is what God wants from us right now. And the most important part is as Michla so beautifully shared how we need to keep up that feeling of brothers and sisters and feeling that unity, that Ahavat Yisrael, that love for another fellow Jew. Thank you so much for watching this podcast. If you are enjoying watching it, please make sure that you are subscribed to get Ordinary People with Extraordinary Stories delivered to your inbox. Uh, you can subscribe on our page, chabad.org forward slash extraordinary. We are also available on all podcast streaming platforms that you can sign up and get our um, our podcast there. Thank you again for joining us. Please leave feedback. We love to hear from you. Share your comments, share your thoughts, share what you'd like to see, share what you were inspired by for us to know. Thank you for joining.